This is Infection, the survival podcast, recorded live on Tuesday, February 8th, 2022, episode 369. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome into another edition of Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. My name is Nick Craig. You can check out my daily political antics by visiting nickcraig.com. You can find all of my social media links at nickcraig.net. At some point or another, I probably should uh, get all of that stuff (laughs) combined into one website. And of course, the website where you'll find everything combined for this illustrious program is infectionpodcast.com. Joining us as he does each and every week, my good friend, Brian with an I, Aldridge. Hello, Mr. Brian. How are you? Hello. I am doing very well. And uh, as Nick said, of course, our website. But let me give you a couple others here really quick in case you want to find me. I'm at Brian Aldridge on Gab, Parlor and Getter, right? (laughs) And who knows what will be next. I'm sure there will be a huge list. before Truth Social. Something else. True social. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So, uh, and of course, uh, if you want to get my blog, biteoftech.com. Uh, and then, as Nick said, go to infectionpodcast.com. And uh, on the right hand side, I did add back, I got a little bit carried away when I was removing buttons last week, uh, but I did add back the uh, join our server on Discord button and put a new link on there. So, if you're, uh, if you're not on our Discord, I really encourage you to because we've got a news channel. Maybe there's a game we're not covering, a topic we're not covering, or you have some input on something we have been covering. Uh, you're more than welcome to do that in the news channel. Uh, also, we have uh, ARC servers running. So a lot of people are, have been really active on that. We have a pretty big ARC community. And then uh, and if you want to watch the show, you can do that through Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, and DLive. Uh, and uh, of course, the audio-only forms are available after the show is done. The video forms, you can watch live and uh, get some of those after the fact. But if you're looking for the audio forms, just go to the lower right-hand side and you'll see all the different links and platforms that you can use to listen to the podcast, pick whatever works for you best, and then click on the particular episode that you're going to be listening to, and you can follow along because we have episode notes and video links, everything that you need to refer to while we're doing the uh, episode is all included there with a nice audio and video player if you want to watch it in that tab. If you want to support us, just go to t- up top where it says support or go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Uh, we're Prime Gaming Subs, Humble Bundle, Amazon Prime. Uh, we've got Subscribe Star, a lot of different ways that people have supported us. And it's added up, and hopefully we'll be able to meet in person again and go to a convention and and, uh, and find out about some of these new games that are coming out yes. in person. Yeah, in person. What a novel concept. Uh, and yes, yeah. of course, the uh, the website, infectionpodcast.com. Um, we've got a lot of kind of all over the place news, um, Brian. I guess yeah. let's start off quickly with a new title from Amazon that is expected to launch here on Friday. It's going to launch on the 11th, so uh, it's not playable right now, but it will be before next week's show. It's called Lost Ark, and it is their second MMO, which is interesting because they've got New Worlds, which is also an MMO, and now Lost Ark, which is another MMO, a different style, but another MMO. Do you take anything away from the fact that Amazon's two games, you know, their studio has been up and running for God, three, four years now. And their first two games are MMOs. Do you, is it, is it because of the subscription model? Because you can make money in the long term, the longevity. What is it? What do you think? 
the, looking at okay so looking at the differences between these two so far that i can tell uh the first one didn't have any sort of a class system wasn't very much like the normal mmo that you know this one seems a lot more like a normal mmo it's got your standard classes like mages uh they call them different things an assassin it's probably some sort of a rogue uh or a martial artist could be some you know another form of that um warriors gunners so your tanks and then your range i mean it has this one has more of the cut and dry mechanics it looks like mm -hmm. uh, and if you look at their founders packs and all the different price range they have they have crystals and all these things that you can spend much like a mobile game in getting your character leveled faster it, that's the part i don't like i mean i this one looks a lot more like a hey we're going to ask you for you know to purchase crystals and to do all these things to unlock these skins i haven't seen that in the other game you know yet I, mean, I just haven't seen it i haven't seen them really push but this one right from the get-go you can see it i mean if you go to their become a uh, on the upper right says buy founders pack you can see some of the things that they're offering yeah i mean and you, you know you to, you're pretty much paying to change your you know or the, you get a title um pets head a crystalline aura which probably makes you earn resources faster in game i mean there's a lot of pay to win type of mechanics in this if that's what it's doing it's interesting. Um, I was surprised when I clicked because normally when we see founders editions and founder packs, we're talking you know fifty nine, sixty nine bucks. But to see that mm -hmm. the Browns, the bronze founder pack was only fifteen dollars, I was like, well, damn, that's that's pretty yeah. lucrative and pretty enticing. I, you know, it doesn't look like you get a whole hell of a lot, but you get access to the game three days early, um, which is a you know you don't typically see a price tag like that. And it's also important to note, Brian, this is another free to play MMO. Which is yep. a little bit of the, which is a, a, a change from when you look at WoW, which is you know the, yep. the kind of the gold standard. Now then you had games like EverQuest, which I believe were was EverQuest always free. I believe it no. was no, well no, not originally. I think it was a subscription model originally. Originally, and you had to buy the game. Okay, so this is very much the let's just call it the twenty first century. MMO style that they're going along with. So we, you know, we'll talk a little bit about it, but they're, the game is going to be out on the 11th, so this Friday, and they released yep. a, uh, a gameplay trailer, which you know, we can talk about, um, and then they released like a 20-minute director's cut video. So let's start off with the uh, gameplay trailer for Amazon's new game, Lost Ark. So that's the uh, gameplay launch trailer for the game. Uh, it is completely yep. free to play on Friday the 11th. And this you know, uh, uh, new world is a 
well, first of all, it's a paid-for game, but it, it has no subscription with it. It's free in terms of there's no monthly yeah. subscription associated with it. But uh, New World is more of a survival MMO, Well, this is more of your bog-standard, wow, mythical MMO, at least from yeah. the looks of it. Is that what you took away? Yeah, from the initial things. And I'm looking at some of the perks you get for this. Uh, I, you know, some of this, the Founders Exclusive Pet, for instance, that is something, of course, you can only get if you per, pre, probably pre-purchase this or purchase it within a limited amount of time. But that thing will go out and collect loot. So probably once next to you, you don't have to run up to the things and go grab the loot. It'll run over and loot your thing. So there's a lot of these things. That I don't know if they'll be giving away something like that easily you know, in the future, or if this is going to be an exclusive thing, uh, wow, you know, ended up having something similar to that. Also, they have on their uh, discounts for things, um, you know, make some of your gear stronger by this aura, which is a 30 day subscription. So it looks, sounds like they'll have some sort of a subscription service that you can pay to get these enhancements, which there's a a number of them, which is kind of how, you know, it's like a little season pass in a mobile game. So, I, I I think I'm torn on this. Part of me is like, oh, you know, we, you know, I, I I'm not an MMO player for, first of all, so take my yeah. opinion, take my opinion for what it's worth. Um, by the way, this will be on Steam as well. Uh, it is on Steam, I should say. Um, but for the more casual MMO player, Brian, if you don't have the time to grind, it sounds like you can maybe, depending on, it sounds like they'll have a, you know, because this is a 30 day crystalline aura which is what they're calling this. It sounds like that will be something that you'll be able to subscribe or buy in a long term. Now, you might be able to buy it with in-game money uh, and or physical physical USD or other currencies. But for people that don't have the time to grind, this, I mean, it makes, I guess it makes the learning curve a little bit easier, Brian. If you don't have the five hours a day to commit to an MMO, but you've got $10 a month, you can maybe yeah. cut that five hours down to two. So and I think that's it's what kind of that double-edged sword, right? Yeah, they're trying to figure out what's that balance, really, yeah. right? They're trying to figure out how do you... Because the old ways of doing it, I'm seeing it in some of these other games that I play too. Uh, Rage, Raid, you know, there's that Raid mobile game. They're trying to figure out how to make it to where it's less time-consuming because people, when you get up to more competitive levels inside the game, it's just a lot of time. And so they're making adjustments to that. I think in WoW, that's something that they've been trying to tackle, but I think that they've tackled it in a way that really just took the fun out of the game. I think all of these different versions of these games, I think they're doing variations of them. They're trying to probably find the thing that's going to replace that way of doing it. You know, you can still have a ton of fun, raid, do all these things, feel like you're making cool progress, uh, doing things that, you know, you put enough time and work into something, it makes it feel special to you. It makes it feel bigger. They have to provide that experience without it taking five hours in an evening to sit there and play the game. They need to have it where in an hour you can go on and done a lot of a lot of stuff and then go do something else or an hour and a half. But five hours is too much like you do with or you used to do with some of the MMOs. Yeah. Uh, they were, so they're, they're much more time commitment. Yeah, and and it's also a very different era of gaming than than we're mm-hmm. you know we're talking about in the early two thousand you know late nineties early two thousands when games like EverQuest and whatnot spawned up. Um, so their website yep. is playlostark.com. The game is available on Steam. You can search for it in the Steam Store, and it will launch here at the end of the week. 
and uh, we'll likely have some more news on it next week once it's out in people's hands for, well, actually, it'll be out tomorrow for people to play that bought the um, early, or actually, it's out today for the people that bought the, the, the founders uh, yeah. pack that got they get, three what, days two, early. three days early. Yeah, three days early. So I believe they're playing it today because I saw it, it was high. It was high on Twitch. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's Lost Ark, and it will be interesting to see how Amazon does now with their only two titles, both being variations of MMOs. One more of a classic style MMO, and the other one more of a survival MMO mix. And uh, as you, I think, as you yep. eloquently put it, Brian, it's take the elements that you think that work from a bunch of the other games that have been built over the last two decades and figure out what works and figure out what doesn't and try and make the, the best thing possible. Cause it is a very, yep. these games are very lucrative for these developers. I mean, you can oh, talk yeah. about a cash cow. I mean, Blizzard made millions upon million. They may have made tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars on world of Warcraft over its, over its lifetime. It is a very, very lucrative game genre. If it's done correctly yeah. and done, and you talk about raid shadow legends on a mobile side, that company is pulling in tens of millions of dollars a month. Oh, yeah, what they're, they're doing. doing. It's, well. it's incredible. Yep. It's a very competitive. So, I mean, it's the thing where people put a lot of time and money into. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to I think that the, the mobile is what really ruined it, I think, for the rest, <laughs> because people realized, you know, in, in, in MMOs and in these games where they would commit a lot of time, they committed a lot of time to you sitting at a computer like I am right now and focusing on that one thing. Then mobile came along and they could kind of apply some of those same mechanics of keeping you hooked. But you can take that thing and put it in your pocket and you can pull it out, do a couple little things here and then put it back in your pocket. And so it can create that similar type of feel. And then they started using it to get money and to get progress. You know, to, they, they, they did things they would never have gotten away with on a PC or a full game like you a PC game or a full fledged game. And I think that that kind of killed it for these other games that used to actually take a lot of time because they figured out how to provide it by letting you have it in your pocket and getting you the what you need through the day uh made it to where the other you just can't compete people don't want to sit five hours anymore when they can do it you know 15 minutes here and there exactly yeah walking around with a full full computer in your pocket so again the game is called lost ark yep. and uh, we'll, i'm sure we'll have more details over the next couple of weeks about that uh want to talk about google for a, a minute here brian real quick uh we've covered the saga that has been google stadia and it does not appear that things are continuing to move uh, very hot in the world of Stadia as we've as we covered uh, yeah. at this point, probably over a year ago, they shuttered all of their first party development yep. studios. And as it stands right now, according to a new report from Business Insider, uh, Google is planning on turning Stadia into a white label streaming platform, essentially just using it as yep. an infrastructure platform uh, once licensed by businesses and used under their own branding. So a company would go to Google and purchase the streaming technology. It would be branded as, you know, my company cloud or my company stream. And yep. that's what they would be doing. So they would be using the tech of of Stadia, which used to be called Google Stream, funny enough, um, because yep. I think they've realized that Stadia is a lost cause and there's really no marketplace for it at, at all. At least I haven't seen the marketplace if it even exists. And I think I said initially when, when they announced Stadia in the first place that this is all this front end stuff you're seeing was all for the back end 
business client in the end. Because that's what they do with most, that's what they did with Hangouts. That's what they do with all these things is they offer it to, to customers so that they can test it in mass, test bandwidth. And then they usually take it away from the customers in the end. And then they, they offer it to business clients. So that's why Google's things come and go so quickly or often. It's either they've decided it's not going to work and they pull it or they've finished testing it on the public. Gmail's one that they haven't done that, but you know, they're really locking down and taking away the free Google apps accounts they've done, yeah. you know, and they're trying to, to really narrow that down. So this is more of kind of how Google does stuff. They're, this, you know, they were originally poising it as here's a way we could do game editing, you know, and a game creation remotely. I think with COVID kind of changing course and things like that, maybe they're looking also one thing that they, they claim in here that Peloton, that client, that's the one that they talk about in this article you know, that fitness bike maker where they do all the kind of make it a game in your indoor yeah, gamify that that the stock on that taught tanked like it went to half here a couple of weeks ago that may be part of this decision as well as one of their flagship products you know pretty much is tanking right now and may may not want to uh put in any kind of investment like that yeah and there so there's i mean they think there's a lot of factors but yeah they're uh, they're Peloton, i think they're just Co-founder trying to keep, actually... keep making money yeah, they their their co-founders uh, stepped down today. They they announced more job cuts, um, and that's obviously mm-hmm. a, a different conversation. But yeah, a, as bad as Stadia has been, um, Google is not a stupid company, Brian. And I'm confident yeah. when they were building Stadia, they built it obviously with the idea they obviously wanted this to be a successful gaming service. But there's no question yeah. about it; they built it in a way in which even if it wasn't, which it is not that they can still yep. retool it, rekey it and not completely take an ass whooping on the on the R&D and the investment on the product and now they'll market it cuz they're usually it. the first ones or one of yeah. the first ones to get to the market with these things. The problem is they're usually never the one that people like cuz they usually don't put enough time, thought and attention to what they're creating. They're just getting something out that's re, you know, engineered in whatever way that they see fit and uh, then another company comes out right afterwards and puts out one like Amazon did with the fire tv to the the chrome stick and then you know there's other things that they've done the same thing with i just think this is gonna this is another one of those where they tried didn't work but you know what some other company who maybe has some other thing envisioned couldn't go and put a mobile game out that stream or put a game out that stream that uses a lot of cool advanced technology that we don't get to well, use right now i think the thing, it does, that would it, be the perfect use case it doesn't even have to be gaming it just needs to be something interactive that Stream, that, that yeah. streams and i mean you could talk you know there's cloud desktops and things of that nature yeah. that companies are already buying uh, lots of companies are moving to terminal based computers where you buy a very yeah. very low power terminal computer and on yeah. the windows side you're rdping into a or you're, you're remoting into an RDP server that's handling your sessions, and you're essentially just viewing a remote computer screen on a server, either on-premise or in the cloud. So I could see a use case for for that as well as more of a remote, yeah. uh, you know, remote desktop solution for companies that want to go out and buy. You know, I think HP sells a hundred-dollar thin client. I mean, it's it's yeah. a very cheap computer, and then you don't have to worry about upgrades and. AV and none of that stuff. It's all running on a centralized service. Um, there is still no report that they are shutting down Stadia. They are still promoting and advertising it as it's got over 200 games in its library. Um, so there's no indication that they're shutting it down, but there's really no yeah. 
ambition or enthusiasm to grow it in any way, shape, or form. So I assume it's just going to coast until their contracts run out with some of these games because I'm sure there's contractually obligation, you know, there's contractual obligations, terms for time and all of that stuff. And I would guess once those run out, then they'll probably have those 200. Yeah. Yeah. They'll probably shut down the service. There's no reason for them to shut it down now. Keep it going. Yeah. If nobody's using it, it doesn't cost them anything. At least, you know, well, and they probably cost them a lot more probably to shut it down right now. Yeah. As you're kind of saying, if they're breaking all those contracts where if they just let them run out, even though they're not really paying anything, them breaking those contracts will make them pay a lot of money. Precisely. Yeah. So interesting to yep. see that that's what's going on with Stadia. The idea that there was going to be any second uh, second wind or second shot uh, for Google to try and reinvigorate or reinvent this. I think with Microsoft with their two big acquisitions and then Sony with the acquisition of Bungie, None of those game titles from either of those three studios are ever going to be on Stadia. Yeah. If if I, I if it wasn't safe to say before, Brian, I think it's safe to say now. Stadia is dead. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think I don't think there's anything that's going to bring it back. No, not at all. The fact that they're not developing anything first party or in house. Yep. You're never going to get an Activision Blizzard game. You're never going to get a Bethesda game. You're never going to get a Bungie game. At least new ones potentially. So. So I, okay, um, do you have something in particular you want to talk about? Because I have something no. I think that kind of ties to this a little bit. Hit me. Let's talk about net, Netflix for a minute. Sure. Because game streaming and Netflix, uh, that seems to be kind of a new thing. And right now we've been looking a lot at at Microsoft and, and the game streaming that they're going to offer. Uh, PlayStation has their game streaming that they're going to offer. Uh, but I don't think people are really taking seriously enough what netflix could do with game streaming as far as bringing gaming to your average person because they have so much hardware the hardest part would be getting controllers as long as they offered some sort of a bluetooth connection to a controller uh they could stream most everything they have the hardware capabilities to stream you know 4k plus video over a standard home internet connection and the thing works pretty well uh you know for them to be able to then stream gaming sessions would i think would be a pretty simple thing you know, other than engineering it. Uh, they've been talking about mobile games. You know, they're going to be creating these mobile games. They have some games that you can interact with while you're you're watching a show where you can choose between options. Uh, but I think that uh, I think that I haven't figured out where they're going with this, you know, and what they view online game. But I think they could be a major competitor to the Xbox cloud gaming service that, that Microsoft's made. I because will, they have the client base, they can offer it as a uh, you know Netflix Plus or type of service. I will split. I I agree with your premise. I will split with you when you say that they're going to compete with uh, Xbox Game Pass or Sony. They thing. could. They could. I, I said that. What, what, and one, of their, they're probably one of the only ones that could because they have the subscriber base. They, they can they offer do, it as just a little perk upgrade and roll it out with their additional service. And all you have to do is have a hardware compatible device that's able to connect a controller to it. Do you remember back in like, it wasn't that long ago, but like 2011, 2012, 2013, maybe even into 2014, there was this big push on the companion apps. Like the Xbox had their companion. app. Oh yeah. Sony had their companion app. Even my my keyboard has a companion app. (laughs) You know, your mouse has a companion app. There was a big push back in the, it may have even been later, may have been around 2015 for this second screen experience 
where you would yep. you know be playing a game on your Xbox One or your PlayStation Four, and then have your phone doing you know yep. the voice chat or handling tech, uh, the you know the messaging, and it was it was a they called it it was called the Xbox Companion app. I have a suspicion. I don't think Netflix will be able to go into full on video game streaming because their base of hardware is so broad. I mean, they're on so yeah, smart. That's TVs the thing that is they'd have, have to make it. Yeah, but what I think they could do very well is that, you know, watch along, kind of pick your, you know, point and click adventure games that are very popular on PC, yeah. uh, as were, you know, the graphic novels that are uh, very popular on Steam. Doing things yeah. like that with your phone as the input device is probably, yeah. if I had to guess, would be more of the direction that Netflix is is heading. They're the the because Netflix is available on literally everything from your well, and do they microwave even to connect to the device? It could it could be a Wi-Fi enabled controller that connects directly to Netflix. For all that matters, they don't even need it to really connect to the device itself. I guess I guess that's true. And then you'd be talking about you know l you know serious latency and things like that. But I yeah. I just I envision them using because they're already doing it. They're going to be releasing a Stranger Things kind of. Uh, eight bit side scrolling kind yep. of game. Um, actually, I believe that. I, I think that might already be out. I have no idea. Um, I have a suspicion that's more of what Netflix is is probably yep. going to do with their popular because they have an a, a huge catalog of exclusive content that they produce in house. Yep. I mean, Netflix Studios is one of the largest content producers in the world right now. Um, yep. you know, Squid Game, Stranger Things, uh, you know, those are just the you know two of the most popular ones right now. There's a thousand other ones. I have a suspicion that's probably what they're going to do more of than a traditional gaming service because I I don't think yep. they can compete. And I'm not Netflix is already very expensive. I believe the cheapest subscription to Netflix right now is already eleven dollars, which yeah, in comparison to Game Pass, which is $15 a month, I think, uh, or maybe $9 yeah. a month, depending on the package that you have. If, you know, for them to add another gaming thing, they're going to tack another $15. Uh, serious. So we're talking about competition to Xbox or Sony. You'd be talking about another $15 plus on your bill. I'm not sure Netflix can compete. And I'm not sure they should. I mean, you know, they've got the tech, they've got the, the user base, but why reinvent the wheel? I don't think there's any question about yeah. it that Microsoft is going to be king in this service and because of the power that microsoft has in the gaming world netflix does not they have no ties to gaming at all i mean none yeah they've, they've got they've got nothing there so they would have to essentially build something from the ground up to make a full-fledged game streaming service and i'm not sure that that's what the market's looking for i think what would be cool because again netflix's big thing is when you're watching something on Netflix, most of the time, you can't watch it anywhere else. That's the big yeah. thing with Netflix. With their exclusive shows, with their timed exclusive content, you either watch it on Netflix. If it's a Netflix show, that's the only place you watch it. If it's a TV series, an older TV show, obviously you can go out and buy the DVD set or buy it on Amazon. Um, yeah. But there's not really any competition there. Obviously, there are other streaming services, but they all have different, all different you know, categories and content that they provide. And I'm not sure that Netflix can compete or would even want to compete with Sony and or Microsoft in that regard. So I, I assume they'll stay in their own lane. 
They could try. I yeah. think it would be an abysmal failure, but they'll do something. Maybe this companion app on the I phone. mean, they said they want to be the best in in on in mobile gaming or whatever online gaming or however they were. I have to look at what they um they want to be the best in category. I'm trying to remember what that category is. But yeah, it, it's not mobile, be. but they, they they but they're putting out mobile games. They, I they, I don't know why they keep on kind of pushing that they're going to be an online streaming gaming service where most of these are, are happening on their mobile phone and it's just a part of their Netflix subscription, you know, yeah. it's included. And that, and, and we didn't even talk about GeForce Now, which is essentially yeah. what Netflix would be able to do, which is full streaming yep. of mobile device, uh, of games to your device. So there's already three services. Yep. There's more than three, but there's three main services that already do this. Yep. Um, and I honestly, they released a couple of these games last year I have never heard anything about them. I haven't heard anybody that's played yep. them. I haven't seen anybody that I, I haven't not nothing like that at all. Yep. Well, and I think they're going to have to come up with things. I mean, we keep hearing about metaverse and I think a lot of what's going to hold people in the supposed metaverse or games and things. Yeah. Cause what's going to keep people playing on this online virtual world. You have to have something for them to go there and do. Yeah. And I just think that they're still trying to figure all these things that want to be part of this supposed metaverse that we keep hearing about are trying to figure out one thing facebook they put out a uh, a thing saying that that could involve tracking your eyes and more so as far as advertising in the metaverse they want to track your eyes to see where you look you know see what you're looking at it's just one more way they can get more data on you and i think that's a lot of what this metaverse is is how can we get people to commit even more of their daily life to us where facebook has lost a ton of followers it are, are subscribers they've tanked their stock is tanked in the past as well in the past couple weeks i don't know if you saw that um but they're they're doing very poorly and it's like they're i think they're looking for that next thing well how can we bring people in because the old methods aren't working the younger generation doesn't seem to care about uh, facebook as much they're using other things uh i think that if they can get people to come in in this supposed metaverse and all these places are trying for it facebook's trying for it and epic they just filed for a trademark for epic's games megaverse so I'm assuming that's going to be their megaverse, metaverse, you know, whatever they end up making. But I mean, they have the platform to do it. They've created a system that can do some pretty cool things in real time on a, in a pretty big environment, you know, however they try, try to do it. But, um, you know, it's also partnered with Spire Animation Studios to build these metaverse experiences. I still don't know exactly what a metaverse is going to be. No. Other I, than I, like the old, like when I first got on the internet, the chat rooms to me that was the metaverse. I think it was so foreign to me, you know, going online and going to the, going to a chat room and all these people from Talk, wherever. talking wherever old men proposing to be. Well, yeah, at the time boys. I didn't realize that <laughs> <laughs> I was young when this when the internet first started being seen. But yeah, I, what's it going to be? I, I still don't think. Just like people didn't know what the internet was going to be really back when I started using it early and and before that, I don't think anyone knows what this metaverse is going to be because how are they going to profit off it? That's what they're trying to figure out. How do we profit oh, off sure. of this? Advertising. Uh, and I, I just don't see a clean way other than what MMOs are. I mean, make an MMO world in you know that you can play and kind of just be in it somehow. And they already exist. Yeah. Uh, Saul Greatman says, metaverse, one-stop shopping for data mining and selling your anonymized data. Yeah, I mean, that that is the, I mean, Yep. That the reason services are free is so that they can sell your data to advertisers. I mean, that that is that. And that is mm -hmm. precisely what I see the metaverse um, becoming. Well, Brian, if, they, it's been, if they can get you to take pictures and stuff of your environment and try to bring things into it, dude, they get more data. That's how oh, they absolutely. Yeah, they love that. Um, 
we've talked very little about survival games over the past uh, couple of weeks. And um, yeah. so let's let's just talk about a survival game quickly. This story is a couple of weeks old, but I think it's interesting to get into. Crafton, uh, who is the maker and the publisher of PUBG, filed a lawsuit yeah. a few weeks ago. It is suing the developer of two mobile games that it accuses of copying PUBG Battlegrounds. The two games are known as Free Fire and Free Fire Max, and they are yeah. both mobile shooters. Now, I'm going to show you two pictures first, and then I'll get more into it. Here is Free Fire, um, which looks exactly <laughs> like PUBG, from the mini-map to the HUD, a full-on ripoff of PUBG. And here's Free Fire Max, which looks a little bit different, but for all, in I mean, the, for all intents and purposes, is exactly that. The most interesting yeah. thing about this story is not the fact that they're just suing these two developers. Brian, they're also suing Apple and Google for putting those games on their platforms. And they're even accusing Google yep. in their lawsuit of hosting YouTube videos with gameplay yep. of the two games in question, as well as numerous yep. posts containing full-length Chinese film that is nothing more than a blatant infringement of a live-action dramatization of battlegrounds so they said free yep. according to crafton they said free fire and free fire max extensive co extensively copies numerous aspects of battlegrounds both individually and in combination including battlegrounds copywritten unique game opening airdrop feature the game's structure and play the combinations and selections of weapons armors unique objects locations and overall choice of color scheme and material and there are a couple of yep. images here showing the difference. Here is uh, on the left side of your screen for the video listeners. Um, this is the Battlegrounds on mobile, how it looks on the left. And on the right is Free Fire and what that looks like. It is literally identical. I mean, yeah. the color shading is a little bit different, but it is a, it is a blatant It's not quite as well made. No, it's not quite as well made, but it is it is it is in the exact same style of PUBG. So they are not only suing the developers, but they are suing Google and Apple um, for this. And to say that these are nothing to to you know worry about, Free Fire earned one point one billion dollars in player spending in the year twenty twenty one. So these are not, this yeah. is not just a guy in his basement making a game um that's you know just screwing around i mean this is a very lucrative business for somebody that literally made a billion dollars off of the game um well pubg and, mobile and one thing crafton crafton said that on december 21st they asked them to immediately stop you know the immediate exploitation of free fire and free fire max and that was to the arena that that publisher and then that was refused they refused that, and then they went to Apple and Google, and they asked them to stop distributing the games, but they're still both available on the store. Mm. It asked YouTube to remove that those videos featuring the gameplay, and that video that you know that that was pretty much a copy of the old ones that they used to make, uh, and YouTube still ha hasn't removed that either. So, 
that you know one thing they're picking their sides honestly you know this right here china has been very bad about copyright infringement patent infringement you know whatever kind of infringement they don't respect our our laws here then they don't respect a lot of international laws and this is it playing out this is playing out in the video game industry it happens in patents all the time and, and technology of them going and, and copying various schematics and things like that and making it there without the research costs there's this a now uh, in gaming it's going to happen when there's not laws that are uh enforced there's a great example here from north carolina it's not relevant to video games at all but uh there's a company uh in north carolina called charlotte pipe uh, if you have pvc piping in your house you probably have a piece of charlotte pipe uh back in probably yeah. 2014 or 2015 right when i was looking to move down here brian a chinese company was not only making the exact same pipe that charlotte pipe was yep. making they were branding it charlotte pipe and importing it into the united states yep. with the same name and there's no and one no one there to stop them there's nothing that can be done except for banning the imports of a product from china which we know is not ever going to happen right now so not only are well, it's know, practically banned right now they're sitting at a port but hey yeah well that so, that now that's true um but you know we talk about manufacturing a physical product right which requires you to tool yep. a product do extensive research to develop the product well, in yep. terms of a video take years game, of development and research. Yeah. On a video game, it's, you know, you throw a bunch of guys in a Chinese coding sweatshop and say, hey, copy this gameplay style. And you can probably have a game banged out in a, in a couple of fully playable operational game in just a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, so it's a very in comparison, it's a very easy thing for a company or, or you know, for, for a developer to do. So they are uh, going yep. after both of these games and also going after Apple and Google. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. We'll, uh, we'll follow that here. All right. Do you have a preference where we go from here? I know there's some things you wanted to cover. Uh, um, we've got Microsoft Steam Deck news. We've got a couple of things we could cover. Yeah, let's, let's do the Steam Deck just because it's so timely. Um, I believe the launch okay. embargoes and everything were released yesterday. Um, yeah. So you've probably started to see... YouTube videos making their way up there. Uh, Linus Tech Tips did a good video. Gamers Nexus did a good video um, uh, about some of the hardware on it. The device is still not fully embargoed, so they can't show the software, but they did show gameplay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll, I'll save it till everybody gets their hands on these things. But Brian, this looks like a pretty damn impressive device. Unless yeah. they can't figure out software, because the hardware yep. seems fine. Unless there are major software issues on launch, and even if there are on launch, if there's not software, if there's software issues that they can rectify, I think Valve yeah. has got an absolute grand slam on their plate here. Yep. Uh, you know, courtesy of well, Denny's, and they are they are they they, <laughs> yeah. they can. This is uh, I, I mentioned this in the pre-show uh, in the Linus Tech Tips video. You know, Linus yep. mentioned that this is likely one of the largest jumps in PC gaming in over two decades with this device yep. at 399 with what it's capable of doing and playing um this thing looks well, absolutely and there's some phenomenal. size comparisons too and one thing they're looking at the size comparison between the switch and the steam deck is just you know the, the switch looks so small and i think if they're we're getting kind of a weird change in gaming where before it went from everybody went for computers and big things down to mobile games and i think people are kind of missing the ability to do some things that they lose by making the screen super small and making the controls super small this is i think a nice compromise 
it's big enough to where you can carry it around and get a decent screen size probably has a decent battery life uh but it's not something that's so small that you can barely use it uh, you know especially running these bits, games that aren't necessarily made for this isn't this exactly what we saw with the cell phone market i mean cell phones were huge in the mm -hmm. 80s and 90s then in the late 90s early 2000s you had cell phones that were the size of credit cards um yep. and then now you've got iphone 13 pro maxes and samsung and now the screens are getting bigger flips. again yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's this it's a it's this bell curve of back and forth. You know, we want power, power, yeah. power, and then we want size, 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 and then we want you know usability. So well, I think a lot of part of it is probably the economy too. I think that you know with economy, sometimes just like cars, I think sometimes and we're here with with the weird shortages on electronics and whatever else that we have now. Uh, I you know I think we're in a weird time where I don't know where these are going to go. As long as they can get parts for them and keep pushing these things out, they'll sell. Well, you know, consoles, obviously that didn't work, but if they can get it to work in this and get them into people's hands, I think people will choose this, especially if they can put the game pass and come up with other ways to get games outside of consoles. Well, and you already talk about a, a user base. The people that are going to be buying this likely have already gamed on Steam. So you're talking about yeah. day one, you purchase this device, Brian, and, you know, outside of the $399 or $499 price tag, there might not be any additional costs for you. If you've already got hundreds of games in your Steam library, there's no cost at all for you to play anything that you want yeah. on here, which is not something that Nintendo could say with the Switch. If you go and buy a Switch, yep. you don't have, and if it's your first Switch, you don't have games day one. You've got to go out and buy yep. 49 to 59.99 um, you know, games, and you can, you, know, you can download stuff on the store. Which they totally control that market, and they don't yes, really they do. let that fluctuate very much. They don't. So you're I, think talking that that's, about I think people are going to want this to be more open, and I think this is an opportunity to have a little bit more open gaming, where with consoles, you couldn't even ask for it because it was such a lockdown system. Yeah, and the same thing. You buy a new Xbox or a new PlayStation, and, and unless you're playing all your games on Game Pass, which if you're playing them all on Game Pass, I don't know why you'd buy a new console anyway. Um, yeah. You know, you've got to buy all of the titles with this. You literally don't have to spend a penny outside of the hardware if you've already got a Steam library, which between yep. free games that Steam constantly gives away and between you know the s numerous sales that they run every year, anybody that's even the most modest of PC gamers, Brian, probably has 50 plus games in their library. Um, yep. And day one, you power this thing up, log into your Steam account and boom, you're done. You've got everything at, right yep. at your fingertips. This looks to be a very impressive device um, from what I've seen. There were a couple more videos that came out today. Haven't had a chance to watch any of them yet. Um, I, I found this other side-by-side uh, -side comparison pretty funny. The uh, Sega's yep. attempt at this back in the... Oh, was this the... I think this was the 90s, right? The mid-90s. The, uh, the yeah, Sega it was about Game the mid-90s. Yeah, and you can see the size. And really, the big thing is the screen comparison um, but when yep. you look at the size difference between the Switch and the Steam Deck, you look at the different control yep. interfaces. Not only does it have analog sticks, it's got a full D-pad, which is the Switch has their kind of faux D-pad. Um, and then it's got the touch uh, devices like the Sony PlayStation controller has that have haptic feedback. They can be used in mouse mode so that you can play games like Civ and other sorts of you know, top-down games, StarCraft, and things like that that require, you know, more precise mouse movement, and then a plus an A, uh, B, X, Y buttons on the top. Um, it's just a, all in all a pretty impressive device. I had my doubts. I think many people did. But 
from everything. I can't believe they're actually releasing this device with the chip shortage. I I, I know they did their yeah. s- slight delay, but the devices yep. are shipping out now. People already have their hands yep, on somehow they got them now. So this is very very cool. One thing I did see is uh, Tim Sweeney did say that they're not going to be putting Fortnite's not going to be running on it, and I think it's more of a choice because I mean they run easy anti cheat. It's not about that, but I, they're not wanting to open up uh, Fortnite to all the possible kernels and variations of hardware that you can allow with these devices because they're not locked to this particular piece of hardware. Uh, and he was just saying that it, it just would open up a lot of things that they would, you know, to maximize the compatibility. You know, they're working on that now, but at this time, no Fortnite. So we will see. I'm sure that there will be ways to play Fortnite on it that people will come up with. Yeah, it's all Windows through uh, any of. Yeah, the no official methods at this moment. Yeah, and he he says in a tweet, he said, you know, because Tony Sweeney literally responded to some guy who's got the Linux penguin as his profile picture, uh, and of course three uh, uh, vaccine shot emojis. Um, said yeah. uh, we don't have confidence that we'll be able to combat cheating at the scale under a wide array of kernel configurations, including custom ones. So that's their concern. Is now I I would make that argument, Brian. That's kind of bullshit because you can you can you can essentially do that with wind and i know it's not kernels with windows but you have as many of those different environments on windows that you do presumably on this so maybe i think they're more concerned about opening it up on linux and letting people not playable on linux to their uh no i don't think so i don't think they have a way to play it on linux they don't have a client for it they They have a mobile like an android one but that's only for specific versions of android it's pretty it's pretty limited yeah so it, yeah it is okay so that makes sense so it is not currently playable on linux i guess the only people are playing it on linux through um and if uh, they GeForce did they would be like opening that. themselves up and they just yeah. don't want to open up more paths to manipulate and, and try to cheat in fortnite which i can yeah. understand you know if they're, they're sure they'd love to put it on there but you know what they'd be probably making a big mess that they would regret later if they did well and let's be honest they've got a competing store and they who knows what the future of epic is with their game store they're not going to put fortnite yep. on steam so they're probably just going to go ahead and wait it out and maybe see what the tea le- read the tea leaves on it once the device is out and then maybe decide hey there's a lot of users on here maybe we should add it um but again fortnite is already available on mobile devices and things like that so if you really are hell bent yeah. it's available on the switch so i mean if you're hell bent on playing fortnite play it on your switch or play it on your phone um hey do you want to end up with some microsoft news more epic yeah. news what are you uh what are you in the mood for you 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 pick dealer's choice well here well let's uh, let's throw out some quick little uh with things on epic uh one thing there is a report we have in the show notes if you want to check it out where epic game stores reports continued growth they gave away 765 million free games in 2021 wow uh, and they you know they're, they're happy with that so i know a lot of people are giving them flack but you know they're doing what they're doing we'll have some information on that They've also are opening up a new Polish studio. So if you're looking for to get employed by Epic in Poland, um, there is a new uh, Polish studio that they're also opening up. And then there is there will show there's some stuff about the new Silent Hunt Five. Uh, they did a remake in Unreal Engine Five, but we can we can show that later. Let's talk about Microsoft really quick. Sure. Uh, for people that are maybe they have a Game Pass uh, subscription that they haven't been using, you know, they're just not logging in, not taking advantage of it. They're they're going to be putting in some changes 
for the UK regulators because there's been a lot of legal things for Google, Microsoft, and Facebook for privacy and everything else and having dormant account and holding on to dormant information. So what they're going to be doing is if you have a dormant account, they will automatically cancel those accounts if you're not using them. So that, which I think is, you know, a very nice thing because I've had accounts that sit out there for a year, you know, they've ran and I've not really done it, but it'll be these inactive memberships. Um, you know, people that have like 12 months recurring contracts, you know, give them the opportunity to, to cancel that and get a refund for maybe, you know, unused. So I think a lot of this is coming down to the regulations though. You know, a lot of these uh, UK regulations that are changing and putting a lot of these restrictions. And hopefully we'll, get, we'll see some of these things in the United States, you know, because they're making a lot of changes for consumer privacy and protections. Uh, you know, this, is, this will hopefully bleed over. I, I don't know why they wouldn't make this available and do the kind of similar thing in the United States. Uh, I haven't seen that 100% confirmed in here, but I think that would be a good feature. Yeah, and they say that um, the changes that they are committed to making, definitely because they're committed and it's not government regulation, mm -hmm. is better not upfront they're information. Being yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Better upfront information, refunds, uh, inactive memberships, and better information about price increases. Uh, yeah. They say gamers need to be given clear and timely information to make informed choices when signing up for auto-renewing memberships and subscriptions. Uh, that's according to yep. the CMA executive director, and he said... We are therefore pleased that Microsoft has given the CMA these formula, formula undertakings to improve the fairness of their practices and protect consumers and will be offering refunds to certain customers. See, I'm a little torn on this. You know, I think we've all kind of maybe fallen into the trap once or twice of signing up for a service and not reading the, it's not even the fine print, yeah. but just not reading the details on it. You know, is this really a place for the government to be involved? I don't think so. I mean, if you, the consumer, are going to put your credit card with a company like Microsoft and not read what you're signing up for, Brian, that's yeah. on you. I mean, now, if they hide the information, all right, maybe we can have a, a conversation. But companies like Microsoft are not burying the terms of membership in a in a 600-page yeah. TOS. They are... Now, they might be in small text, they might be at the bottom of the screen, but they are clear for what you're paying for. They're very clear with yep. what you're paying for. So uh, this to me just seems like... I don't think the guy, I think this is a nice feature, but the government shouldn't be the one that makes them do it. And it doesn't really make sense to do it. You know, if people want to cancel, just make it easy to cancel. You well, know, yeah. this is a nice thing, but it's not very businesslike. <laughs> you know, it's kind of odd. They're making them do something that's not very businesslike to do. Hey, we're going to cancel your service if you don't end up using it. Oh, that's nice. Why is the government telling you to do that? I mean, it it, it shouldn't be a forced thing to do. There's no way no. they should be saying you have to cancel people's memberships if they're not using with them a reasonable amount of time. Uh, I think they're still trying to figure out because there's they're worrying about billion dollar fines and everything. You know, Google's had billion dollar fines in in the UK. I think all these people are trying to figure out what they can do, and they're willing to do things farther than what they have because I think they've seen what. Is happening to other places that aren't conforming you know they just yeah. huge fines shut them down there's there's very little flex that they're letting people have on this yeah between gdpr and this and everything else that's going on over there yep. in the uk and the but EU, it's, it's they've so been locking down over years in the yeah. eu so this is just another symptom of it and then uh another thing blizzard is working on a warcraft mobile game you, know, you remember the 2018 mobile game they announced 
and they said, "Don't you have games or phones?" Because people were booing. Yeah, BlizzCon, uh, right? Back in the day, yeah, at BlizzCon. Well, they are doing another. I don't think this is anything to do with that. Was Diablo Immortal? I think. Um, but now this is going to be another one. So we'll see with the acquisition and if that's going to change anything. Are they going to delay this? Uh, they are announcing it was in the quarterly financial report, but that doesn't mean that they, they intended to announce it. This could have been one of the kind of finished games that was that, you know, here's here's another thing that is an incentive for you to purchase this company is we have a game that's mobile. It's almost done. Here you go. This will be instant money you know, coming in if, into your pockets. So they haven't talked very heavily about it, but it is Warcraft related. So they haven't given up on that whole franchise yet. Interesting. Now, I, I assume then, that this was this was already this was already in play prior to the Microsoft app. I, I don't oh think yeah. anything that will. That's why next... I don't think they intended to announce it. It's just it came out in the quarterlies because they they had to report on yeah. what the money was. Gotcha. Um, you know, this will this this could be something that they were now because of the of the sale and everything they may be delaying. Uh, you know, I'm sure that there'll be more news than this because this was definitely not the way they intended it for it to be released, which means that it makes me think that they held on to it for a little while longer than they intended. Um, in the, in the in the financial report, Activision Blizzard said it's mobile net bookings grew 18% year over year and represented 33% of its total net bookings in the quarter. Um, so obviously there is a market there that they're continuing to grow yep. call of duty mobile. They're claiming that the call of duty mobile growth in China is one of the big reasons as well. Um, especially yeah. for you know China and different parts of the world where mobile gaming tends to be uh, more lucrative than in than in the U.S., um, this could be interesting. Yes, and then uh, some of the Windows 11 things that are coming out is still under Microsoft. Are you running Windows 11? Starting... No. Okay. No, I haven't. I, I I just use this for work and various things, other things. I just haven't tried it yet. I probably gotcha. do it on a maybe a laptop or something first but i know you're running it uh have mm -hmm. had minimal issues because i don't hear you complaining about it too much no but they are going to be if there were believe putting me, out no they're starting to put out updates kind of aimed at gamers because i think there's you know when they have performance issues on a new operating system it really will make people not want to move to it and so they're going to be putting in some updates first there's some ssd hard drive bug fixes that they're dealing with in windows 11 and then also that before uh initially i think it didn't tank gaming performance that first like week or two there was some yeah, fix that they AMD put out chips. it was in this specific well, yeah, with AMD with chips, they just had horrible uh, issues with the performance so now with these recent updates and it is an optional download so you may want to go and check it out on yours make sure you're getting that because that does fix a lot of those ssd and the hard drive the hard disk drive related issues that they've been having with windows 11 that was a lot of those performance issues. Uh, and so go grab that. They've also, um, you know, as far as antivirus, all these things I think are going to come into play, trying to get an operating system that isn't fighting itself because the antivirus and all these things that we've had in the past have caused a lot of issues. And Microsoft doesn't want to open up the operating system anymore. They want to tie it, tie it down to even tighter, and, you know, and lock it down to where these things aren't happening. Uh, and I think that Windows 11 is going to kind of be their opportunity. I think that's why they're pushing so hard for drive encryption and, and having all these features to where they can lock down that operating system and not worry about people changing files and hacking it at it so much. Because that works better for business and it works for gamers because you can do malicious things if you can get into a process in business as well. 
right? You could you could pull data that you don't intend to get. Uh, so I think for them, there's a lot of incentive to fix it for both both places because they can't push this out for business if it's going to be have a lot of these issues too. It's it's a lot more damning when you've got a problem with your business versus some Chinese hacker killing you in a, in a video game. Yeah. I'd make the argument it's a far bigger issue for the uh, business sector that is using Windows for sure. Yeah, and I think if they can get the operating system locked down, it can get them lock people locked into stores, kind of like they have mobile. Mobile, they lock, they can because they own the they lock down the operating operating system so heavily. Then they turn around and say, "Okay, you can't use any other stores. Um, you have to use this." Or we, you know, they put start putting these limitations. I really think that that was kind of Microsoft's original goal. I don't know. There's been kind of a change in how the government feels about that, how people feel about a lot of these things. I think they're kind of doing a reverse, but we'll see how heavily Microsoft goes. You know, and in and in other Microsoft news, we're talking about Bethesda. Phil mm-hmm. Spencer was quoted this past week saying that they want to make Starfield the most yeah. played Bethesda game ever, which, which is a pretty... After Skyrim, that's statement. a pretty big... Yeah. Well, not even after just Skyrim, but after Skyrim, after the successes with the Fallout series, yep. Doom. I mean, yep. you're talking about very, very popular... Um, isn't Wasn't Duke Nukem id Software? Um, maybe, yes. Maybe Duke Nukem. Yes, was was. Was oh, no, else. was that Capcom? I... I'd have to look. Well, nevertheless, the it, that you're talking about, you know, uh, Doom was one of the premier PC games in the in the 90s. I mean, it was it was you know, the game Fall, you know, Fallout, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas games, uh, Skyrim. You can play it on your fridge uh, with all of the different variations and how many different consoles that game has been released on. And yep. it's been out now for. Uh, that was Ap- 20, Apogee. Apogee and Gearbox. Apogee. Okay. Um, yep. So, you know, and then Skyrim, which has been out since 2010, yep. I guess. So you're talking about over a decade at this point. Um, yeah. But that's going to be a hard nut to crack here, Brian, because this Bethesda game is not going to be on PlayStation. So you want to make the yep. most played Bethesda game ever but you are essentially chopping off one of the arms of the, you know, you know, say what you want about Sony versus Microsoft. Sony still has a huge, huge, huge footprint in the gaming sphere. And yeah. I don't see how you can make this claim that you want it to be the most played game ever, but then also not allow it on, on PlayStation. Now, I understand that but yeah. the Sony or Microsoft is not going to put these games on Sony and that's fine but you've yeah. dramatically cut down your player base. So yep. you have to decide what would you rather have the exclusive with less players or the non-exclusive with a larger player pool. And for a multiplayer game, this and having a larger player pool and cross platform is a really, really big thing. Yeah. So I, I'm not, I'm, wondering how i mean here's the thing they're not gonna they're, they're not gonna develop the game for playstation so it's not going to come out yeah. it's not like one of those things where it's gonna release on xbox and they're gonna go ah shit we need to you know we need to make it for sony if we need to make it for the playstation now, i don't think that's going to happen um but i don't see how you can do both of those things at the same time well, and this, I, I would suspect that they're going to come out with them as many ways to really play this. And I think that maybe mobile integration and bringing other ways to play this 
as far as uh, yeah, mobile these type of games have a hard time holding on to a player past the first hour, especially flying games. I, I I'm really interested to see how they get people to get in a ship and fly and really stay stuck to this, like like games like Skyrim have been able to do. I just the mechanics are re, are going to be way different. I think they're going to have an uphill battle, and I am interested to see. Are they going to make it to where it's not all just flying around, but then also you have a mobile game, you know, which helps get your resources and they really bring other things to make it to where this is a very, very highly played game through many different avenues, just not PlayStation. That's kind of my guess because there's a lot. If they want everybody doing this, they got to make it a huge, huge universe. When it uh, launches, which it is going to launch this year, uh, one of the most anticipated games of 2022, it's scheduled to be out as of right now. We'll cross our fingers November the 11th. It will be on the yep. Xbox Series X and S consoles, and it will also be available on PC via Xbox Game Pass on day one. So it'll be on yep. all of the Xboxes and on Game Pass for the PC players on day one. But even with that, and obviously this is not going to be a mobile game, um, missing out on a huge, huge portion of that marketplace with it not being on PlayStation. But... On the flip side, I'm hoping it's huge. I'm hoping it's amazing. You know, it, it, it'd be nice to have a game like this where it just showcases technology really well. It's like Skyrim has a huge world, creates its own lore. Let's see yeah. something new because it's been a little while since we've had kind of those big, huge lore creators of a game. You know, like Skyrim yeah. and uh, you know, Fallout 76. You look at just all the books it. and fall. Yeah, the new Fallout didn't didn't accomplish it. I'm hoping that they can actually kind of bring that back with this. And put out a game that's just fun to sit and run around, you know, fly around, do whatever, play. Yeah. It's been a while since I've had one of those. Uh, agreed. So that'll be out a little bit later on this year. I'm sure we'll have more details released in the next couple of months on that. Uh, Brian, before we get out of here, I just do want to cover uh, this interesting uh, headline from Nintendo. We yeah. talked a little bit about Nintendo today in reference to the Steam Deck. Uh, Nintendo says that they have no plans to purchase any major gaming companies. So... It looks like uh, yeah, the yeah, battle, <laughs> a shocker and surprise, um, looks like they will uh, continue to go down their track. Of sell their... other people's games. Well, it's not even selling other Zelda people's and, games. And games here and there. Well, they've got, you know, they've got their, they've got their Zelda, their Mario, their Animal Crossing. They've got, you know, Splatoon. They've got their games. They, they don't need to purchase another. They don't need to purchase another studio. And, and they and have some pretty big hits. Zelda's been, was a huge hit uh animal crossing is a was a huge hit uh, there's the ones that they have put out they've done very well on and then also they're making all of this money from selling uh, selling other people's games on the switch you know they yeah. without really making a real console i think they've done a brilliant move it saved the company you know because they didn't have to put out a wii u three or any, any of those things i wonder how long until we look at a switch too because the hardware on this on the even with the switch oled yep. the hardware it is still the same aging hardware from 2015 2016 it's an it is an older piece yep. of hardware at this point um with the steam deck this coming will be the test the for my this will be their test you know, yeah. really uh is nintendo they they hate putting out new updated hardware they, every other console is a disaster few, yeah they and uh i think here this is a big risk for them and they're just gonna have to bite the bullet and start actually putting out regular versions of the switch or else you know what people are going to move on to something else that has the ability to run everything yeah and again they do have kind of you know they've got kind of our balls in a vice grip um with yep. you know with zelda and mario and things like that 
but mm-hmm. it'll get to a point where the hardware is just I mean, while the Zelda game is is great, you can tell it is an older piece of hardware that it is playing on it. You know, it does not yeah. look amazing on it. Now, to be fair, you're going to play a game like Doom Eternal on the Steam Deck at 399. You are not going to be playing it on ultra or even high settings. You're probably going yeah. to be playing on medium or low with an FPS cap to save your battery life. Um, so, yep. uh, you know, don't you got to manage your expectations with it. But a, a rapidly aging hardware in an industry in which Nintendo was completely by themselves. Now, AO Neo and yep. some of these other companies made these Windows devices that looked like switches that would play games they were way too expensive we're talking about eight nine hundred dollars plus very very small user share with that because who the hell is going to spend nine hundred dollars on a on a nintendo switch device that you know poorly plays pc games but with a competitor at 399 in that marketplace this is going to be the first competitor that nintendo's had since they've released the switch similar to what the PSP did with the Nintendo DS. Um, And obviously we saw how Sony failed that miserably with the Vita and how Nintendo just continued trucking along with the DS, then the DS XL, then the 3DS, then the 3DS XL and the 2DS. Um, So (laughs) it will be interesting to see what Nintendo... They've got to get people locked into some sort of a subscription, you know, something where they have, okay, this game works on these past revisions of hardware they're, they're kind of putting themselves in a tough spot with this closed marketplace they're creating because yeah. they have to continue it how are they going to continue if they don't keep putting out hardware they can't keep putting out new games unless they put out new hardware and i know they're just not doing it they got to do it yeah very interesting and, and so, yeah the, them putting out a slight screen difference for clarity is not a hardware upgrade. no it's not you know, it's, it's not the exact same game run any better yeah that's that's too bad. We'll see. This will be the make or break for them. There's going to be a lot of competition, I think, coming up in the next coming years, especially if we get to a point where the the hardware and all the, the shortages and everything kind of go away. Once those start to fade, uh, whoever's ready with some really cool stuff to sell people, people will be ready to buy it. I mean, people still are buying Switch or the uh, consoles like crazy off the shelf. Yeah. Um, you're not seeing them everywhere in the store yet. Still, you know, years later. So I just think it's still got a ways to go. But Yes, sir. We'll see if they're there in the end. All right. Um, anything else that we need to cover before we get out of here? Nope. We can cover some of these. We got some NFT, a lot of NFT news going back and forth. We can talk about next week and some NVIDIA, Nvidia stuff. So if you want to find me, get me at Brian Aldrich on Gab, Parlor, and uh, Getter. And of course, uh, if you wanted to go to my blog, biteoftech.com and uh, go to our website, you've got infectionpodcast.com. Look on the right hand side where it says join our server on Discord. If you do that, you can spit news topics. You can come and play some ARC with uh, a bunch of their, our listeners. A lot of stuff going on in there. And uh, a lot of places if you want to help encouraging uh, working out. A lot of different things in there. Uh, that link is on mobile app, web-based app, desktop app. Lots of ways to connect. If you want to watch the show, you can do that through Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, and DLive. We have live and after-the-fact recordings on a lot of those services. Uh, if you want to listen to it, you'll have to do that after the fact when we upload the episode. So if you go to the lower right-hand side, whatever platform device you're wanting to listen to us on. We have a link for each of those. And then go to the particular episode that you're going to be listening to and follow along because we have links to the articles, uh, documents, anything, videos that we're referring to throughout the show. We have a link to that inside of the show notes and a video and audio player for you to follow along. In. Uh, if you want to support us, you can do that through 
the support tab up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. And we thank you for everybody who has, uh, has supported us these past couple of years, especially with COVID and everything else going on. Uh, and the Prime Gaming subs, it's, we really appreciate it. And hopefully uh, we'll see you again here soon. Hopefully yes, maybe warmer weather is coming. It seems like it's getting a little warmer here and there. So have to wear it's going to be uh, sixty something here tomorrow, which is sixty uh, something. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you here, know. here it was twenty something this morning when I drove the kids to school. Well, it's it. I mean, it's forty outside right now. So I mean, there's really no complaints here. You know, it's a, it's it's it's, yeah. a, it's a little chill. I got to run quickly down to the mailbox to grab my mail and come back. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Brian, uh, uh, ditto all your statements about the support. Appreciate it uh, from yeah. from everybody as always. Uh, appreciate you on all of the uh, show prep, and we will yeah. see you next Tuesday. Sounds good. See you then. All righty, folks. Well, uh, my name is Nick Craig. I host a uh, daily news talk program, dark and early, from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. You can find the podcast of that. It's called Wilmington's Morning News. Search for it in your favorite podcast app or head on over to my website, nickcraig.com. That's going to do it for another edition of Infection. If you missed any portion of the show, maybe you want to check out that Lost Ark trailer. You can head on over to our website, infectionpodcast.com, where you'll find show notes, images, links, and all of the things that we talked about on this week's episode. That's going to do it. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time.